everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Thanks for joining us once again on Poker Action Line. Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Joe back in the studio tonight after uh, being out on a cruise. Uh, and we uh, we thank Sherry Bykowski for stepping in last week yeah, and uh, yeah. joining me. I miss her. You know how much I enjoy listening to Sherry. I know you do. And, uh, you know, I said on the show that you were probably not going to be too happy with me. <laughs> but uh, uh, she was someone I knew I could depend on to be uh, a good long conversation. And uh, filled most of the show talking with Sherry about her book, The Kaizen of Poker. And uh, Joe is back this week. Uh, you've been out cruising, huh? I was out there cruising, celebrating, cru- celebrating my That's it, cruising the Boulevard. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, I had a great time. Uh, my, you know, my wife and I went away. For, we we usually get away at this time because my birthday was last Thursday. Her birthday is this coming Thursday, and our anniversary is the Wednesday before. So. Usually in this time frame, we get away by ourselves. We've done that now for almost, well, it'll be 36 years. And uh, we went away this year. It, it encompassed uh, my birthday last year. It, it covered our anniversary and her birthday. So it was great, you know. And got to do some nice, big, high, long zip lining, which I had been wanting to do. So I got got that in my bucket list right on the, the day before I turned 60. So I could say I did it before I was 60. How fast does it go? It goes really fast, yeah. but it was so cool. I thought I'd be, you know, I had things with heights, but didn't have, my heart didn't even pound hard. So I said, all right, very good. Now the next one's going to see because I've always wanted to go skydiving. So let's, let me see if I can get that one done. And that was in Belize, right? You that said? was in Belize at Jaguar State Park. It's beautiful. On top of the zip lining, we did this cave tubing thing that they do and. It was out. It was really outstanding because of the, how the formations are. You you saw some bats hanging in the cave, and mm. it was it, it was actually quite good. And they included you know uh, a, a very good lunch. Uh, it was just an enjoyable trip, and it's a, it's about a good hour ride from uh, from the port. You know, so we took the tour with with uh, you know in combination with the ship, with the ship exactly. Uh, when you uh, going back to the zip lining. Uh, what is the coolest thing about it? Is it the speed and excitement of the movement, or is it more the view you get on the way down? Well, for me, the first one, that, that's an excellent question, Dave, because it, it, it was kind of both. I want to tell you it was both because the zip lining, uh, the one I did, it was like seven, uh, six different s- stops. So, you know, at the very beginning, they tell you, okay, when you're coming up on the on the next perch before you stop and then switch over to the next zip line, because it, it zigzags. Okay. You understand? So, at first it was the speed. You know, you get these, you, you get the, those little workman gloves. You know, uh, those leather gloves that you see at, at Home Depot and stuff. You're holding on to the thing. You're harnessed in really tight. You know, and but it was so cool because they get in there, they hook you up, they go, all right, just go to the edge, sit. You actually just sit, and then boop. They, you know, they'll you you push off at the edge with your feet, or they'll push you. And off you go. So at first it was like, whoa, you know, the speed, obviously. And then after like the second time, second or third time, the the fourth one was the longest one. And I got to like, I was like, 
the speed, but by now I was used to the speed, and so I was kind of enjoying the view. You know, it, it really was beautiful. So that was a great question because actually, for me, it was both. Who else in your group did it? My wife. My your wife, wife okay. did it. She followed behind me. Yeah. So it was really cool, and uh, no issues. And then, actually, I, I, I've got to show you the pictures when we're done with the show because they, they actually took pictures of us coming in, and uh, it was pretty cool. And uh, so Grand Cayman, Belize, where else did you go? Cozumel? Uh, we went to Cozumel was our last. Our first stop was Grand Cayman. It's a beautiful island. Uh, we went to the beach, which we've been to many times. It's a public beach there. We didn't even take a tour. There's, you get out, they have these van taxis that they wait till they fill up, but they fill up pretty quickly, take you over there, and uh, the water's outstanding. Beach is very nice. Uh, boom, and you come back, and you you know, you're... You're in uh, whatever it is. It's called Georgetown, whatever it is, right there by the port. All right. And you got a Margaritaville and all these, you know, and, and, and tourist stuff. Places, yeah, yeah. Tourist stuff. And, yeah, and, and, and you just walk around. We've done this many times. Um, the, the island is beautiful, you know, and the last two times I've been there it was great. I did have some attitude with some people. When I've gone with my daughters, I, I actually yelled at somebody who thought that they could speak to my children in a different way. And, you know, I, I did just... Some of the people had a little bit of an attitude. Uh-huh. I have not encountered that the last two times I've been there. So, um, and you have to, you have to. They call now water shuttle to Grand Cayman, Dave, because the boat, you know, uh, docks, docks outside. Out yeah, because you yeah. can't get into right, the into right. the port, so they tender you in. So, um, but we had a, we had a very enjoyable time there. Then from there we went to Roatan, which is an island right off of Honduras. It's part of Honduras. We've been there once before. Beautiful. West Bay uh, Beach is outstanding. Uh, speaking of zip lining, I, I, I didn't have the nerve to do it when my oldest daughter did it. I mean, my youngest daughter, excuse me, did it the last time we were there. And it was very long. It was like almost 25 minutes. And you start at the very, obviously, at the very top, went to the bottom, and then they drove her up to the top where, mm-hmm. where my wife and I were waiting for her. She, you know, she couldn't stop, you know, she was she was mesmerized by how beautiful the zip lining was. So... Rotan is beautiful. Belize, like I said, we enjoyed the heck out of this. We had been to Belize once before, but there was a, an uninhibited island that they kind of bring people for the day when something like this happens and you stay uninhibited there. Uninhibited or uninhabited? Un, excuse me, uninhabited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, maybe, still, I'm still with the drinks a, in me, excuse me. I thought it was an island that was a little nervous. Un, un, uninhibited, uninhabited, <laughs> excuse me, uninhabited. And, uh, yeah, they... It, that we had done that once before, so this time we, I wanted to do the zip lining, the cave tubing, which is part of that also at Jaguar Park. I recommend that highly to anybody who cruises over there. Um, and then the last stop was Cozumel, and we went to a private beach there also that was be- quite beautiful. Now, they have a poker room in Belize. Uh, was there any poker for you either there or on the ship? No, they had the uh, table, and it was always packed by the time I got there. You know, it's a, uh, the table, there's it, only one table on the ship? It's one table. There's no dealer. It's like you're playing online. You know, it's one of those that, electronic remember, tables. Right. Remember that we, I thought it was going to take off at the, at, uh, where, with the Hard Rock, and, you know, so the, the, these young guys were constantly playing. It, was, it wasn't a seat available. So, no, I didn't get a chance to play. I just, you know, gambled a little bit on uh, blackjack and craps. And when the wife wanted to gamble very little, we put some money in the in the one arm bandits. Well, you're working at Casino Miami, so you're around the poker room a lot. Uh, I guess uh, you're not directly in there anymore. Or I'm no? in there two days two now, days, okay. and today was one of them, as it turns out. So you, you want know. to get the hell away from poker for a while? Yeah, it's, you know, listen, it's just <laughs> it's just I I've played poker for so long. 
and once I became director, as the term is now, or poker room manager, you know, uh, you couldn't go play. I could go play in, in any of the other, you know, public casinos uh, that we have uh, and the other poker rooms, I should say. But they used to use that against you. So, you know, mostly dealers from, since you're not allowed to play in your own room, dealers from our room would go to another poker room and the dealers there would come and you know reciprocate and right. you always you right. always want to deal to a table full of dealers because because you're going to walk away with a lot of yeah, money and you're all, half hour tip. down yeah, everybody sure. tips really great and you know they, they, back and forth so prior to me becoming the manager i used to love playing in private games i dealt in them and and, and played in them and um you know I've done more online than anything else because of that, you know, because unfortunately you get caught in a private game, you lose your, you, you lose your, your, your license and you can never get it back yeah, exactly. once you get that. So, Well, lots of poker going on here, that's for sure. Uh, actually, uh, big tournaments all around the world. Uh, the WPT uh, is playing in Maryland, Maryland Live, uh, the Room of our good, good friend, friend Mike, Mike Smith. Mike Smith and uh, Jason Heidenthal is the poker room di- uh, tournament director there, uh, who is down here at the aisle as well. So they are in day two now. They just finished the uh, circuit event down here in South Florida at the Coconut Creek Casino, which finished this afternoon. Uh, just actually just minutes ago, they finished that one. We'll run down some of the results for that one. They had some big name players that won some events uh, in some of the earlier. Uh, uh, earlier events, and the final event started today at 11 a.m., so I don't know if that one's done now or not. I haven't got any information about it, but it is a $250 no-limit hold'em kind of a bye-bye event. They had the seniors tournament yesterday as well, and South Florida player Zoltan Sinkata uh, won that one. So uh, How many entries? Uh, 165, I think it was. And the buy-in was again? I'm the sorry. The buy one was uh, 400. Well, not bad. It created a Price pool of around sixty thousand. Yeah, and uh, yeah, one sixty-five, and Sincata was the winner of the seniors event. Uh, Lisa Roberts was second, and Scott Efron's a guy that I played at a table with. He's from Boca. I've, he's a big Dolphin fan. He uh, finished in third place, and. The Dolphins wish they could finish in third place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, actually, they might, because those Jets are just as bad. Yeah, really. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that was the seniors event, and we'll run down a couple of the other events here shortly. But uh, uh, pretty good turnout at most of the tournaments. This is, I think, the third year at Coconut Creek, if I'm not mistaken, after years at the uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club. Who's running the room? Because we mentioned that Pablo got promoted to to running over Uh, the Hard Rock at Tampa. I tell you, you asked that question, and I did find out, and I wrote it up in last last month's. Was uh, it one of his assistants? Oh, it's a woman. She was there. She had been there before and had gone up north, I think, for several years and then came back and was uh, one of the assistants over there. Oh, okay. I think her name's Maureen. They promoted her to... I can't recall the name right off the top of my head. That's right. We'll find out for next week. Anyway, there's also been a lot of movement, as you know, with a lot of the other rooms uh, around the area. Ken Lambert, uh, I guess, was let go at the aisle, and uh, they have not selected a new poker room director there, but uh, a friend of yours, Vinny Gatto, is uh, running it in the And interim. I hope he gets it, because Vinny is well... Well, I, d- I, I, I don't think they're considering him. I could be wrong, but uh, last time they passed him over and brought in someone he got, with he got national pa- name. Well, he got passed over when Mike Smith left. And that, last time, too. And then again, the last time, right? but he's hung around. I mean, you know, I, I hope people look into this, because I'm telling he's you... He's very good. He's an outstanding person. 
I I remember when when he used to be when he started as a dealer. I worked with his father, Jimmy Gatto. Uh, great guy, great poker player, great man, and um, you know, Vinny worked. You know, I was his, I was one of the supervisors that he that he dealt under, and um, he has survived changes of managers, as we just mentioned, right? And has maintained his position at at being one of you know maybe the second in charge or third in charge. To do that with multiple managers coming in over you means you've been doing a hell of a, a good job. Yeah. It, it, you know, because people don't understand that. Managers come in, they know that, you know, whoever the temp person was, all of a sudden feels a little like, oh, you know, underappreciated. And, uh, and that way you lose and, good people. And, and you think they're going to be kind of plotting against you, but yet he's maintained his job there. Again, I don't know what they're looking for, but he's got many years of experience, and uh, you know, I think well, I'm sure a lot of he's the, a great guy. A lot of the people that work on the floor there that I've known for many years, Ralph Brandt is the tournament director, and and Vinny's there. Uh, another fellow that was one of the high-ranking uh, people at uh, the aisle that left uh, within the last year was David Berman, and he just ended up getting named the uh, the poker room director at. at uh, Dania Beach Highline. Yes, he did. Uh, or Omar, actually, it's called the Casino at Dania Beach. The Casino at Dania Beach. Um, he's brought in some new ideas. I, I believe he's doing quite well over there. You know, you have to be given some rain with money, as, I, as I've mentioned on my show, as to how I developed the room seven, eight years ago when we opened up the casino, the casino at Miami, uh, Casino Miami, excuse me. And, you know, he's got some very strong promotions on Thursdays and Sundays okay and some interesting ones and he's still holding up to the tournaments because you know Dania has got the reputation as a tournament room you know which is great if you're consistently doing that and running multiple tournaments and if you're able to get some big sitting goes you can earn some money but you're, you, a poker room can't survive strictly on tournaments. Yeah, four hundred dollar yeah. high hands every twenty minutes on, on Thursdays, Thursdays and Sundays, Sundays. and with complete rollover. That's with the complete it, That's that's what's making it interesting. This past Sunday, uh, I was told he had eleven tables running. I saw it wow. the Sunday prior to me leaving. Okay, so I, I, six days before I left, they had about eight tables. And they rolled the 400. They, they, you know, the room's still opening at 12, which is one of the mysteries that I don't understand. Right. Dania, as I've mentioned to people, um, has the unique advantage over all the other paramutual places, Dave, because they open their doors at 9. And most everybody else outside of the Hard Rock, which is 24 hours, um, you know, but Mardi Gras, uh, Gulfstream, the Isle, they open at 10. You know, and and they open at nine, and for some reason, before I got there, you know, the gentleman Eloy, who was who was running that room, a, a dealer, a person that I trained as a dealer and worked under me, and grew up to be a manager there, um, they couldn't get the room started. I mean, poker players, Dave. I don't know about you. I know you're 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 you are, you know, the classic casual poker player. Right. You'll play for more for entertainment than trying to supplement an income as some players do. You really just want to have fun at it and, you know, every now and then hopefully win some money. Most poker players, and I'm using my experience, outside of these people who are just the high-hand chasers who are trying to invest the absolute minimum to, to get them the maximum, um, as a poker player, if I go to your room and I sit there and the action is good and everything else is good, 
I'm not going to leave that place and go somewhere else because the high hand's an extra $100 an hour. The action is good. So I used to tell them, I said, you've got the advantage that your room opens up an hour before anybody else. So if you could figure out a way to get them into your room, right. if, you ra- if you maintain 50% of those people, which is not a whole lot com- considering that they're coming into your room, you know, you've got an hour to do something with them. And, tr- and you, if you can maintain 70% of them, your room is going to be extremely successful because then you're going to get other people who, because of their schedule, whatever it is, start filtering into your room as some people have to leave. And they just haven't had that, that luck. And I don't know, again, I haven't spoken to Dave and his, I believe, one of his assistants, George Borio, which is a guy I tried to get here at Casino Miami, great guy. Um, I don't know why they're still at the 12 o'clock. Mm. You know? They're giving up three hours. So you're you're actually have the advantage of opening before your your competition, okay, to try to hold them. But instead of that, you're opening up two hours after they're already there. So it's it's kind of reverse on you. And, I, and I'm sure Dave has thought about that. And I don't know what management has done there. You work there, Dave. Yeah, so right. I don't know what, what the thought process is behind that. Well, they used to have a tournament on Sundays at 1 p.m. that did pretty well. And uh, for some reason, they changed it to 5 p.m. So all that did was just had an empty poker room for four hours in the afternoon until five. It's crazy. And the reason you they don't get a tremendous amount of cash play. No, they don't. They don't. And that's the reason they're opening at twelve. They've they've got you know we used to run some of those bigger private games there. I know that the real big there's one. Still that one I big got one there. there. There's one real big one there now, but they lost the one that was there for many many years. And from what I understand. The the one person is barred from going there now. Apparently, uh, oh. you know who I'm talking yeah, about. I don't okay. want to mention his name on the air, but uh, I, I guess he crossed the line at one point, um, and he was the one who everybody went for in that game. So with him getting barred, you know they took, lost took that the fish game. Fish out of the ocean. Yeah, you know, and the, and the funny part was uh, he's actually a tremendous player. When he's of right of right mind, yeah. you know, uh, we've seen his success. We've seen what he's done. He's, he's you know, he's very successful. So, but he made the game, and you know, I haven't had a chance to really speak with the players uh, from that game. And I believe that game is being played somewhere else. I'm not going to mention where, but uh, you know. Um, I actually tried to see if I could get him to come down <laughs> to the Casino <laughs> Miami, but tried most of them live. Here up in there Broward, in Broward, yeah, yeah, and they just yeah, don't want to take the ride sure. down there. So, okay, uh, let's just rewind up the uh, sem- uh, the uh, Seminole Coconut Creek uh, event with the uh, series there, the circuit events. Uh, Brian Hastings won uh, event number seven, which was an eleven hundred twenty-five PLO, which uh, is a pretty good sized tournament, and uh, only forty-five players, but the won sixteen thousand for winning that one. And defeated head-to-head play Howard Mash, who we had on the who won the seniors event out the World Series of Poker this year, and we interviewed on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, Howard won about ten grand, just over ten grand. Uh, they were pretty even in chips, and they went uh, head-to-head. And uh, Hastings made qu- pretty quick work of it uh, in less than 15 minutes. So uh, Brian Hastings, a uh, local player here, who's very well known nationally for many years, and uh, one of the top players in the world wins uh, a PLO event. Cord Garcia won a tournament. He won the $600 no-limit turbo uh, for 13000 just over 13000 It was his third circuit ring. He's also won the Colossus one year. So, uh, 
Good for uh, him. Pretty good. And no word from our boy? <laughs> no. Maurice Hawkins. No, I, I didn't see Maurice at all at any of these events, so I'm I'm not sure if he played or not, or was maybe at the Borgata or possibly uh, getting ready to head to Maryland. Um, Garcia defeated Scott Roberts, heads up for the title. Uh, another pretty well-known player that plays a lot here in South Florida is actually from Orlando. His name's uh, Jeffrey Trudeau. He won the $2,200 high roller. It was his seventh gold circuit ring. David Prosiak was second. Carlos Guerrero, third. Sam Panzeca, fourth. Brett Bader, fifth. Chad Eveslodge in sixth. So some pretty good names there. Uh, the senior event I mentioned to you was won by uh, uh, Zoltan Sincata. And one of the other events uh, had a good friend of ours that's been on the show several times, uh, last name Rodriguez, Carlo Rodriguez. Uh, he won that Platinum Pass last year at the Seminole Hard Rock. Since then, he's been on fire and done very well in several tournaments. Uh, he finished second in his event. It was a uh, $250 no-limit turbo. And the winner was Christopher Bugs, uh, who collected the top prize of $6,700. And Carlo uh, ended up winning just over 4100 uh, It was the first circuit cash for Bugs, And uh, he uh, said he kind of won the heads-up play because he kind of put off a tight image and was able to uh, kind of comp- uh, capitalize on that when uh, Carlo started getting really aggressive with him because he saw him as being tight. And then um, sometimes when you develop an image like that, it works out pretty well for you. Yeah, if you if you know your opponent has completely bought into it, yeah, you, you know, and and they can't make the adjustment in time. By the time they realize it, they've lost most of their chips to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one other event, the uh, four hundred dollar no limit tournament event number twelve, won by Hamid Izadi. He defeated Andrew Lauer. So, a uh, pretty good series of events there at the uh, Coconut Creek, and that kind of replaces the uh, tournament that had been for years at the uh, Palm Beach Kennel Club, but they will be going back to a Seminole property in February, the normal uh, start for that event, and it's going to be over in Tampa. Brand new uh, poker room and So they're only going to have the one here. Just one this year at uh, Coconut Creek. Oh, okay. So Pablo gets to shine up there with his. Uh, yeah, that, that I'm over sure there. he's looking and very much. And he did great last year with it. So yeah. they had su- tremendous success with it last year. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, let's take our first break in the program. We'll come back. There's a couple things I want to talk about tonight. Uh, one is uh, this finish at the Borgata, where uh, three guys uh, basically made a chop, uh, kind of been frowned upon in WPT events to actually do any kind of deals, but. Uh, there was some talk, you know, we talked a little bit about it last week, but uh, uh, Matt Savage came out and uh, put out some stuff on social media discussing whether there should or should not be chops and and how they should handle it. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Of Borgata, 18 years they've been hosting a WPT event, and uh, for it to end like that is, is kind of shocking, really. But we'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, a couple other things I want to deal with tonight. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on what's happening at Maryland Live. That main event is going on right now. And a few other things. also want to talk about online uh, gaming in New Jersey because it's doing extremely well for the casino games and sports betting, but poker lagging way behind. So I want to talk about that as well. Anyway, let's take a break here on the show. Don't forget that you can always pick us up at SoundCloud, uh, tweet that out, or uh, send an email out to your friends if you like the show, and we hope you will do that. Also, 
Hold'em Radio Network, carrying our program, the Poker Fuse podcast page. You can pick us up on iTunes or PokerActionLine.com, all the places you normally get your uh, podcasts. And uh, look forward to some good guests this fall. We'll be back with more of the show when we return here on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Thanks for asking, but I'd rather not send you nude pictures. I'm camera shy. I already said no. It's against my religion. I'm giving my dog a bath. You can have pictures of that. Pressure gives me hives. Under my clothes, I'm a robot. Hold on, let me ask my mom. Sorry, my webcam is broken. I'm worried they'll get passed around school. Unfortunately, I just had my clothes surgically attached to my body. If they got out, I might never be president. I'm already naked, under my clothes. Not even if you were all three Jonas Brothers. I have a rash. I have nudophobia. I have lizard skin. The more you ask, the less I want to. You're not the boss of me. Nudity makes me vomit. I'm a vampire, so I don't show up in pictures anyways. Your badgering has really killed the mood. When someone is pressuring you to do something you don't want to, how many ways can you say no before they get the message? Let us know at thatsnotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. WFO Radio, NHRA Nitro, is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave and Joe here on Poker Action Line. Uh, The WPT is uh, playing at Maryland Live, as I mentioned. And uh, they are just coming off a dinner break up there. Uh, 108 players left out of 495. It was, uh, I believe, a $3,500 buy-in. And the chip leader is Robert McLaughlin. uh, 575,000 chips. And Christian Harder, who is a Maryland native, plays there regularly at that room. He's in third place with 465K. Brian Altman had a big lead early. Uh, after day one, he's dropped back a little bit. He's in fifth place now, 345K, and uh, some other names that you may know that are doing quite well. Jake Baisley, uh, Joe McKeon uh, doing pretty well, the former uh, World Series of Poker main event champion. Steve Carp, good friend of ours, uh, 240,000 chips, doing good pretty well, Steve. top 20. Harrison Gimble, also from South Florida, right behind him. Uh, Ryan D'Angelo. And uh, Anthony Zeno also doing very well. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that as we go through the show tonight. It looks, looks like they still have at least one more day, probably two more days, before they crown a champion there in uh, Maryland. Uh, the other thing I wanted to get to was this uh, tournament over at the Borgata. And uh, what happened at the end of that, Donald Maloney ended up getting the title, but 
basically what happened was they were they were playing the final table. Uh, Victor Ramden was probably the best known of the final tableists. He was the first one out, then Jerry Maher, and then Dave Farah. That left three players left. Um, they were, uh, let's see, it was uh, Donald Maloney, uh, Uke Doughty, and Kevin Albers. And uh, Maloney had uh, the chip lead, $22 million, Doughty $15 million, Albers $8.5 million. So then there was a hand where the small stack doubled up and left them all against the leader, and so they were all pretty much in the same range. Yeah, yeah, because if he doubled up against the leader from the numbers you gave me, they're all going to be right around 15, 16, 17 million. Right. Uh, when they came back from it, they took an unscheduled break, which is obviously to discuss some kind of deal. Uh, and as I mentioned, the WPT has frowned upon deals, and while it's apparent now that they're not completely outlawed. You know, they do have player of the year points, getting your name on the Champions Cup trophy, which is very prestigious, and everything they can do. They say, obviously, this is a competition, and when we want to play it out to the conclusion. Okay, prestigious, yes, especially for the, the tour pros. But you and I enter this, maybe we go six, seven times a year to these things as opposed to going to 90% or more of them, okay? You get to that final number, and you know, wow, you know, top three, yeah, obviously it's the big money, but now, holy cow, I don't know what what was the prize pool that they were di- div- dividing up there. Does it mention it in the in the in the article? There? Uh, no, but they but did I have eleven hundred and fifty six entries at uh, at how much? Thirty five hundred, I think. Oof. So you're talking about a close to four million dollar prize pool. Yeah, the so money I, they settled for, I can give you that. Yes. Uh Maloney ended up taking four hundred eighty seven k. Dowdy, 464K, and Albers, 378. Okay, so you're looking at roughly 12, maybe um, 1.2 to 1.3, you know, when you add that that up there, give or take, okay? I would imagine first was probably somewhere around 6 and change, 650. Second would have probably have been somewhere around 4 and change, and third would have been 200 and change. So. Right. You know, all of a sudden, you make a deal where it's close to even. Okay, from third, 200 and change. And again, I'm just guessing off the top of my head since we don't have what, what the price pool was prior to their, to how they broke it down. But, you oh, know, I, I do have the yeah, six, 616, 410, and 303. Were okay, the, I wasn't too far yeah, off. Yeah, you're pretty good. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, $100,000 is $100,000, you know, and you make that deal. Um you said Matt Savage had a comment on this, Dave? Well, he did. Uh, and I'd like to hear that before I give you my opinion Okay. to see if, if Matt Savage or I are on the same boat. Okay. Well, let's get to that in just a second because I do want to tell you what the final hand was. Uh, you know, this is a tournament they've been playing. Now, the players, and I guess this is understandable, said they were tired and or exhausted and they really didn't want to play anymore. So, And know. there's a lot of money at stake. Yeah. So if you're not in, in the right frame of mind, if you're phys- physically and mentally tired... It behooves you to, to, to do a to do a deal, yeah. especially if the other two players that are playing against you are more or less. Everybody's kind of agreeing to this. Like I said, after you tell me Matt Savage's uh, plan there, I'll tell you what I would okay. do on two different counts. Well, Doughty was holding five three offsuit, uh, Albers was holding Jack three offsuit, and Maloney was holding ten four offsuit. They all shoved. And uh, the flop was king 5-3. So the guy with the 5-3 was Had looking pretty pairs. chilly. Uh, there was a 6-0 on the turn. And uh, obviously, 
you know, Murphy's Law, when you have a chance, the deuce comes in on the river to and give gives, the straight him, to gives the him a straight floor, right. and uh, winning. And uh, he said, uh, he told the, the reporters afterwards, well, it was, it was really meant for me to win the title, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> arrogant, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. He made, I, again, no, no, nobody knows how he made, whether he was joking when he made a, a comment like that. But regardless, you know that all three of them decided, okay, this is the prize pool. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to push in. I don't know if there was an agreement if whoever won, because at this point he he that was it that he he had he happened to have the chip lead against the other two players uh, at that point. I would imagine. Yeah, he did. He you did. know, yeah. so it had to be the highest stack happened to have won, or else somebody would have had a few chips left to at least play one more hand if he wasn't the chip leader. Right. Uh, in the coverage from the from the WPT, uh, the, the poker news people said that they played more than uh, 17 hands or something before they finally had the flip to end it. Uh, but did this happen? You know what's right weird? What's after, weird? Yeah. Right after their, br- no, their unscheduled no, no, break. No, I guess there was then more this hands make played. Any this, sense it doesn't me. really make sense because how do you decide unless you give each other a signal that this is the hand you're going to shove all in? Exactly. I, that, that's what. I, that's. I thought this was the first hand after they came back from the break. Well, the there's been there's break. been different stories, so okay, I, I don't know exactly because which none one of is this true. makes any sense. Maybe they played 17 hands before the unscheduled break. Or 16, and then came back, and this was the 17th hand. Because nothing makes any sense to me if you're telling me they played 16 hands before they decided to push with these three garbage hands. You know, if you were going to play 16 hands, why not just shove on the first hand? So, again, without knowing, I'm assuming that this is what they did. Hey, this is how we're going to divvy it up. Let's get the hell out of here. We're, bo- oh, we're all tired. Let's get this said and done. And And it broke down, and... They arranged it their own way, and I could understand the WPT, the WPT being upset because you always want to maintain the integrity of of your product and your and your you know you want to make sure that everyone knows that it's on the up and up. Now, with that being said, I'd love to hear what Matt Savage's well, thoughts are on this. He didn't really kind of give his opinion too much as 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 much as he opened it up for a discussion with a tweet. Uh, basically that said, if deals are allowed in WPT main tour events, what should happen with the player of the year points and why? And uh, the people responded up on a pretty uh, hefty level. 34% said chopping equally at deal. 38% finishing position only should the player of the year points. Okay. And 28 said uh, money won slash play for additional. So. Well, and which is something that I kind of mentioned prior to that. Uh, listen, if I'm if I am you know uh, if I own the WPT or I'm I'm one of the the bosses there, you know uh, I can't I can't stop people from making deals. We had a uh, and you forgive me, Dave. Maybe you'll remember we had a dealer who won an event in uh, in, in the WSOP during the during the main you know during the the, the time there. Okay. Remember, he made a, he made some sort of deal. His partner made a deal. Remember that we had somebody here that they his partner kind of negotiated a deal, and they went and played. There's no deals at the WSOP, mm-hmm. but they spoke privately offside right. and played the hand out. And what they agreed to was, whoever finishes second is going to get this amount of money, not that they're going to tell the WSA. It's okay if it was 1.2. And eight hundred thousand. Well, it'll be one point one and nine hundred thousand. So they're giving up a hundred thousand. 
but they didn't say you're going to win or I'm going to win or this is the end of the deal. Right. They played it out. So, and I'm sure this happens all the time. WSOP does not allow any chopping of any kind, but these deals are brokered because it's a lot of money for people. You know, hundred. You know, think about it. We talk about the main event that ninth place gets a million dollars. Right. Okay. Well, what happens when from twelfth place, you know, seven fifty? That, that's a third of your prize pools just to move up two spots in the in the thing. So if you're offered something where you're going to get an extra hundred and twenty-five thousand. It's a lot of money for all that time that played, and right. I don't know how long these tournaments last. So if I'm the, w, the WPT, I'm, I'm telling you, you want to make deals? We need to know all the details up front. Obviously, it's only done on the final table. These are all televised events, so they've got, they've got access to the hands, how they're being played. If there is no integrity issue, meaning that no one was, you know, was colluding, that they're playing their hands... The way they should be played, and you can have any of the top pros obviously look at this and say, "Yeah, this is the way this should be played." This guy's an amateur. Okay, he might have pushed more here, but you realize that there is no collusion of any type going on. Make a deal and tell them the deal has to be made public, and 25% of the combined prize pool. If you're splitting three spots, well, whatever those three add up to, you you're going to play for you know the, the rest. The rest. You could make a right. deal for the 75% of that prize pool. And the other 25, you play, so that so obviously there's there's a large amount in this particular case. You'd be looking at 300,000, give or take, uh, for prize money. So wow, okay, now you're playing, okay. And if you don't, and you do something stupid like what these guys did, that you just get tired. Okay, I'm going to push all in. Well, WPT has to decide. Well, we're going to bar these people. I, those to me, those are the two extremes that you got to go to. It's hard to find something in the middle, either. Either you tell them, listen, if, if we suspect that you colluded, this is the last time, uh, I'm not colluded, but made a deal without advising us, so it can be put out there. The, the more information that the public gets, even they right. can even do this with the televised. Like well, I said, well, can you imagine if this is televised, what this is going to look like, and what is going to be the reaction of Tony Dunst and Vince Van Patten when these guys flip over 5-3 and Jack well, 9 and, th- and, Their, uh, their reaction four. has to be, a deal has been struck. There's no there's no other logical explanation for three people going in with those three hands that you said. Right. There's just absolutely there's no lo- obviously a deal has been struck. It's against what their rules say. Doesn't that ruin the program or the, the excitement? It, it will for this one. Yes, it obviously will. So they have to address this. So what is the reaction? I wonder exactly right there live. Poorly I mean, because they, they do go back and redub things so they could change their mind on what they say, but. Uh, you know, I got to think that Van Patten, who's well, been around this from the very beginning, I, w- is I would be imagine. Yeah, well, I would imagine the editing for this thing goes strong up to the final till of three, and then that's the last five minutes of your programming. Instead of it being part of the excitement of you know stretching this out, however long it would have gone. Okay, so now you can't run your normal pro. You can't edit it this your normal uh, way. In my, you know, obviously, from my opinion, you have to almost edit it right up to the to the deal, <laughs> right up to the deal, and then say these guys struck a deal. I wouldn't even show the hand anymore. Yeah, you understand. So, so basically, what you got is once the fourth place player is eliminated, you go like the Sopranos, over. The, the pra- Sopranos to a blank black screen. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> don't stop believing. What you do is no, you ha- you have <laughs> your guys. You know, you have your guys talking about it. Tony Dunst, you know, say listen, at this particular tournament, this occurred. You know, a deal was made. Maybe you show the final hand, say, you know, 
this is not something that we condone make whatever changes because we do know that this is months down the road so maybe this uh, coincidentally, we're talking about it today, and and, and I'm, I'm, you know we're watching that the California governor signed for for the athletes, college athletes, to get endorsements. Maybe this is the turning point of we have since decided we're going to ban people if they do this, or we're going to allow them to do this with this you know right. with with this exception of X amount has to be played, which I think is always in one of these tournaments. You always have to leave enough money where they're going to continue to play. But for some of these people, you know, if they make a deal that guarantees they will earn at least fifty, seventy-five, a hundred thousand dollars more in their position because of the prize pool, it's hard to, you know, I know what the difference it would make now in my life. You know, maybe yeah. when I was thirty years ago, I wanted to go for the big money. But some of these players play. It's a lot. We know how expensive it is. It, Everyone has their own scenario. We have some people that we've had on our show that say, I'm making a deal. I'm here to play, win it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if you've got three people who are equal, or not, even if it's not equal, they've agreed. There has been no collusion. In this particular case, and the article right mentions that they're mentally tired, physically tired. Hey, guys, we've agreed to this. How do you want to handle this? This is what we want. Well, this is this is the problem of the WP for years and years saying there's no deals in our tournaments, and uh, Matt Savage coming out now this week and saying you know there is a problem, uh, and and we need to talk about how deals are made. So you know that uh, if there was a you know, true pro, one of those three, a deal never would have been struck because that person would have thought that he you know that his superior poker talent would have eventually gotten him first place. Right. Okay. These three players, I don't know what their what their level well, well, of the what their won, level the, of experience the is. The guy who won was a former professional uh, hockey player, so okay. uh, we're going to put him in the penalty box. Well, that kind of makes sense for the uh, for the <laughs> comment because he was an athlete and was competitive. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, it's not like nothing like this has ever happened before. You mentioned before the show about uh, Sean Deeb and and uh, Gus Hansen. We're going to satellite for one drop. No deal. But they had one seat available. Just so our audience remembers this. One seat available to get into the one one million or no, the million dollar buy-in for the the big one for one drop, and the other person was going to win a million dollars, and I think the buy-in was uh, what a hundred thousand or so, whatever it was, you know. So yeah. who, so whoever got the cash buy-in was going to make a good, a very nice, sizable profit. They discussed it amongst them, as we know. Gus Hansen wanted wanted to go into the tournament. Sean Deep said, "All right, I'll take the million dollars and 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 the windfall on this." So. Instead of just coming out, this is what the ridiculous part of this is. It could have easily have been said, listen, it, it was equal prize money. It's just one was going to be cash, one was going to be an entry into the tournament. Just say, hey, guys, they've agreed that this gentleman's going to take the ticket. No, it, it, it was ridiculous yeah. because they didn't want this to last. Well, they also had a, a in the 2018 uh, WPT event at Fallsview, uh, if you remember back to this, Mike Leah and Ryan Yu were going head-to-head. And I guess you actually had uh, a two-to-one chip lead. But on the first hand, you raised and uh, Leah went all in over the top. And uh, instead of calling, you just folded. And then it went on for several hands like this until finally Leah got the one to title. So, but they had agreed to a to a chop as well. And they just want to end this. So th- this is where you kind of, you know, transparency. You know, listen, we've agreed to this here. That's a little strange because you have the guy, the leader, who actually gave the win to the other person. Could be like our friend Will Will Faella who says he wants the title, he wants the trophy. 
whatever ego situation is involved here, if they if they both agree, I don't see a problem with it. Like I said, if it's a televised event, though, you will play. You will let us know so that we can announce yeah. it to announce it first to the live crowd there. Needs to and, be and enough yeah, money. I agree. And enough money that there's going to be some solid play. Right. You understand? So now you can play a little different, a little looser, but you ain't shoving all in because if you leave 150,000, 200,000 on the table, hey, you know, okay, I guarantee myself money that makes me happy, but now I can add an extra 150, 200,000 to that. You're going to play for it and you're and you're going to play it, you know, for my guess we're close to the vest. You just want to guarantee this. In this particular case, Dave, Again, I don't know how long it had taken for them to get down to three players, you know. But, yeah, you know, it's, it is physically and mentally tiring, as a lot of players say. The top pros obviously use that to their advantage over less experienced poker yeah, players. Absolutely. So this is a unique scenario with three players making that, making that decision. WPT now with this being public and, and you know, has to, has to decide, has to get regroup and say, all right, to prevent this in the future, are we going to do this or are we going to do that? And they've got to come to a consensus because I honestly believe that there are deals made. People take a break. Let's take a 10-minute break. That, that, and they talk. And then amongst themselves, I'm going to give you first place and I'm going to take second place. But you and I made an agreement that whoever won first is going to give 100000 So yeah. it's a gentleman's handshake agreement. Yeah, exactly. Okay, a couple other things we'll talk about when we come back. Let's take a break, though, and uh, we'll return. I do want to discuss a little bit of this uh, New Jersey uh, poker scene. Also, uh, there was an announcement made by Party Poker that they are working really hard to shut down some of the bots that are uh, plaguing their accounts. And uh, we'll talk about that as well when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll finish things up when we return. Also, the outcome of Ronnie Barda on... uh, on Survivor. We'll get to that as well. <laughs> okay, we'll be back when we return. Uh, stick with us. We'll be right back right after this. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. A lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. 
We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck for Dave2037 so he can buy anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. What are you getting Steve2037? Steve2037 will be just fine. Okay, but don't expect to borrow my anti-gravity boots. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Back to Poker Action Line. Big Dave and Joe finishing things up on a Monday night. And uh, we'll keep an eye on that uh, WPT event. I'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, some talk about uh, Survivor. In fact, two stories about Survivor. One is a former contestant that's a poker player uh, was being lauded for a a big fold on Live at the Bike, which is a program that they do from the Bicycles Casino out in Los Angeles. And... Uh, they were playing in a 50-50-100 no-limit game. And one of the players opened f- for $300 from the hijack with Queen-10 offsuit. And the fellow's name is Garrett Edelstein. And he had 10-7 uh, offsuit. And calls? Uh, and did call. Defended the big blind. Uh, the flop was 8-deuce-9-rainbow. And so Edelstein had the uh, open into straight draw. The player he was playing was Andy Sy, and had the two over cards, obviously. And also he had a straight and because a gut of job, a straight gut job, job right? Right, exactly. Uh, so Edelstein checked, uh, and then Sy bet th- another three hundred, and Edelstein called. Jack came on the turn. That's the worst card for the for that ten seven, and uh, gave both players a straight. Obviously, Sai had the nut straight, and uh, uh, Edelstein checked. Sai bet 475. Edelstein raised to 2500, and Sai three bet to 7,875 dollars. Edelstein called, so there was a five on the river, which is a blank, and uh, Edelstein checked out a position for the third time, and Sai fired out 14,500. And Edelstein took his time to think it over. Uh, had a great hand, but not good enough. Realized that his opponent probably had the nuts. Straight. Yeah, he did. He and said he out loud, make the call? he did. He did. He folded. That's a great which read. Which is a great fold. Uh, he said, uh, "I'm thinking about putting." He said out loud, "What do I want to do? I think I'm putting about putting no more money in. This is a crazy, crazy thing to do." And actually, he when he only had ten seconds to act, he said, "Yeah, I'll fold." And uh, everybody uh, lauded him for being one of the great uh, calls of all time. Yeah, well, the problem is he probably realized it after he had made the wrong call on the turn Earlier, because yeah. it, because it, it, he you know yes it's a great fold absolutely great fold you know but I, I he did not realize his opponent had him completely dominated when the jack hit. When he kept going back and forth, I think it was after the the river came with a blank and his opponent just fired out that large amount of money. Right. You know, that his opponent had to have the nut straight. You know, he had the second nut, <laughs> then the, and his opponent had the nut straight. And it's a great read. And, 
Anyway, he was on he was on Survivor. He got voted off pretty early. Uh, most of the poker players have not really done all that well. I think uh, Jean Robert went the farthest. He actually made the jury and lasted until day 24. We also had a guy that from South Florida that was on Alberto Destrada. I think I think he finished third. I think this article's wrong. I think he finished third. But anyway, uh, Ronnie Barda, as we talked about last week, is on the show, and they started filming. And he was the first one First one off. out. Uh, listen, when you said that, <laughs> Ronnie might have looked at this going, this ain't for me. I remember a late, great comedian, John Panette, one of my favorite Yeah, I love John Panette. And he died at 50 a few years ago. Heavy set. He goes, he goes, he goes, I watch. He goes, you ever watch Survivor? He goes, if I got on that show and he goes, and I found out I had to catch my own food. <laughs> I think I rich. He goes, no one has to vote me out. He goes, I'll be turning out my own torch. There'll be one less in the Kushner tribe. <laughs> and, I, and I was cracking up because I'm, I, 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 have, I've, I know about the show. I've got my daughters, some of my daughters love the show. But I've never actually watched any episodes wow. of this. I used to watch it religiously for about the first 20 seasons, I think. They're on season 39, by the way, now. Uh, but uh, I guess, uh, you know, usually in the beginning they vote off the weakest players mm-hmm. and, you know, the ones that they want to get rid of right away. But uh, they thought Ronnie was a pretty strong player, and they uh, uh, he tried to hook up with one of the other good players, and they walked away from it like, uh, uh, he's bluffing, she's bluffing. So uh, she got to with together with the other people and said, uh, he's got to go. She, so they... Uh, I have no idea them. how how this vote is. If someone is safe, or, you know, or if it's a group. Well, of people. sometimes they'll have an immunity challenge. If you win that, you're protected. Uh, usually, they have two tribes. Uh, and what's the criteria for voting well, you off? Is it just a straight vote? Uh, he was voted off. Seven people voted for him to be off, and two voted for somebody. Ronnie else. and somebody else voted for somebody else. But uh, usually, they have uh, start with like 18 people. I think nine in each tribe. And uh, they have these competitions. So Whoever then, loses the competition right. goes to, goes to uh, tribal council, and then they have the vote. But uh, there's lots of behind-the-scenes uh, discussions so it's and everything. So one group has to vote somebody off. Yeah. Okay. They, know they're going, they have about a day where they know they're going to tribal council, and they're making their plans. And along the way, either people didn't like your personality or... Or so this is all based on personal. This is not based on you're the weakest player. No, in you're, fact, you know, he did very well in the, in the challenge. I think, uh, from what I hear, but uh, you know, he was uh, kind of uh, assumed to be one of the better players, maybe. And so they said, "I'm going to get rid well, of the competition." I think the other problem was that he told them he was a professional poker player, which was some people that have done it before hid that fact. And I think when people hear that, they know that maybe, oh, strategy, oh, better watch out for this guy. Well, being that I have no clue how things are done on that particular <laughs> show, I don't know how that works. Well, he got voted off 7-2, to two, and I guess that's kind of a spoiler and for people who watch the show. And how do you win this? By a competition well, at the Well, yeah, it just eventually goes down to, uh, I think it goes down to three people, and then they have some kind of competition, and then they so have the competi- so, one so kind of vote at the I end. would imagine it's like a million I'm dollars trying for to first, look like, like I'm not weak enough that I'm going to hurt our group, but not strong enough where I look like I'm the best player, so everybody votes me off. If you're a good athlete and a good competitor, they might want to keep you around for a while to be on your team and and not have to go to tribal council. But you can't look like you're the best because they know that at the very end, if you're you're that much more physical, (laughs) have more physical ability than them, they're going to vote you off because they can't beat you in a competition. Uh, Jeff Probst said, uh, Ronnie's a sharp guy. If we started over again and played it again, he might have a very different result, but there's a general lesson 
about first impressions and first moves, and maybe it's this. You can't win the game on day one, but you can definitely lose the game. That sounds like a poker. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, that definitely relates to poker. Anyway, kind of disappointed. Uh, he's been on the show before with us here and a good friend of Steve Carp. He's a great guy. He's a guy from the Boston area. What? And I would have liked to have seen him do well. I probably would have gone back and watched the show. And, but and remember, he now. had a record of, what well, at that five, time, five, five straight cashes in the main event. The main, yes. Which, you know, when you think back, that's really amazing with all the great players that have done that. Someone hadn't done that before. I don't know if, if his streak ended at five or if anybody has broken it since. But no, no. It ended at five, I think, two years ago. He's, uh, I, I you know, I got to talk to him in Aruba. Real nice yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Really nice gentleman. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, the last thing I wanted to get to was this New Jersey, uh, which is online gaming, and at, mainly they're making all their money on the casino games, online casino yeah. games. Um, they passed the $40 million mark for the month of August. $41 million plus for the month of August with the seven online casinos uh, shattering their record from July which was $39 million. So they passed it by a couple of million. Um, they also had uh, another, let's see, another $19 million for online sports betting. So between those two, it's $60 million. The take for poker for the month of August, $1.7 million. Total of all the casinos? Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> extremely disappointing numbers when you look at it. But without knowing how many players... I guess there's three. There's three online uh, operations. Operations. So they're all competing against each other. They're only taking players from within the state, correct, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken? No, they're, 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 they're commingling with, with Nevada uh, and, and Delaware? Yes. Okay. Then, that, then I, you know, I, I'd have to know how they're doing this as far as... Um, well, online poker in Pennsylvania is not added. They, they were expecting that to be on by now and add to their their totals. Yeah, but those numbers should be high. Aren't they higher in Nevada for the poker? I, I you know I don't know how they're registering not. their not players. People there. You know, it's hard for us to comment on that without knowing what the arrangement is, the amount of players. You know, the the liquidity. As as I was asking you about Randy Casper, a great friend that used to tell us about this and made us understand this and. Um, which, you know, I hate to say this, but it kind of doesn't bode well for a lot of other states allowing well, that's online the thing. poker and, and unless it's connected with the casino, obviously, right. and sports betting. Right. Well, Pennsylvania has not gone with their online poker product yet because, you know, they're not that worried about it. It's not making much money. So they have their online gaming, their online casinos online and, and working, and their sports betting, I guess, is, is going. But uh, the drop-off, if you're looking year-to-year year from last year's performance by New Jersey, uh, it fell 9.5%. The poker. The poker. But they didn't have the, uh, sports betting. They didn't have a sports lot betting. Of, you know, the That's sports correct. betting, because sports, That's, a lot of sports bettors are That might siphon off some money from poker, you think? Exa- yes, ab- absolutely. I mean, people down here are dying... To get sports betting, that the that you know th- the geniuses up in Tallahassee allow us to get sports betting, okay, and and hopefully online casino and sports betting, and you know listen, Dave, every poker room I've ever been to, whether it was Vegas, Atlantic City, you know here, I, I gotta say that especially on a Sunday, on a football Sunday, you're looking at at least 
50%, and I think I'm way low on the percentage of the players playing that have action on on some of the games or all the games. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to mention was, uh, and I won't have too much time for discussion on it, but uh, Party Poker has made an effort now to shut down bot accounts on their on their on their site. Uh, they shut down 48 accounts in the month of August. That what these people are just setting robots in there to yeah. play certain hands and just do Correct. this. They uh, again not not having an education as to how they do that, but they should be able to pick that up. And I w- I would st- hmm. I just shut them down. I don't, I don't know how you would, but uh, I guess there's a way you to could, do it. I mean, I, listen again. Without being a programmer, you look for hey these people are just folding all these hands and only playing these hands. You know. Well, you can set them so they play very well, or you could set them so they're, uh, you know, just, if it's just a tool to to have someone at the table, which is the way it is at a lot of places. So, uh, you know, it's it's a different type of thing, but there's obviously well, human feelings and uh, you know uh, tiredness and stuff like that which that the that bots doesn't, don't deal we'll with. Never deal with that. They right. just deal with numbers, logistics, and that's it. But since last December, they've shut down 649 bot accounts. So it's uh, pretty prevalent, I would say. Which yeah. is scary when which you think about putting your own money on this. Yeah, sites. exactly. They have to do that. People have to feel that they're that they're you know that they're on equal footing with the other players that they're playing against. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll keep an eye on some of that stuff. Uh, I guess if people can find a way to cheat the system, they will do it. This and, is. Uh, a- a tale as old as time, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Which is rough for a nice, naive person like it's, me. It's not just in poker, buddy. It's, uh, you know, if 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 you could cheat and make money, and whether it's, you know, one form of gambling or whether it's another form of doing something illegal, there's always the the cat and mouse thing, you know. We caught you doing this. Well, now we got to find another way to do this. So yeah, that, exactly. that's never going to end as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, it appears they're back in action up at the Maryland Live Casino, and uh, they're nowhere close. They've only lost two players since the dinner break, so uh, 106 players left. Joe Cashin, the chip leader now, has passed Robert McLaughlin and Christian Harder in fourth. Steve Karp has moved up the charts, though, from 240K to 354, so he is now in sixth place. It's hard to imagine that my, my... My relationship with Steve Carp started with me telling him it's either 20 bucks for the aces that you crumpled up or you're out of my casino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got a little temper on him, that's for sure. Yeah, but he's a, he's a real nice guy, you know. Okay, well, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Joe, thank you. Uh, glad you had a great time on your trip. Glad you're back, and uh, we'll be back next week with another show. Gio, thank you for your, all your help as usual uh, getting us on uh, uh, the air and uh, moving through with the program. We'll be back with another show next week. Thanks for being with us tonight. I'm Big Dave Lemon. So long until next week. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 